0: A podcast one
1: production. Know your stuff. You know, you are expected to be a subject matter expert and anything less is unacceptable. I'm
0: Margie Hartley, executive coach to senior leaders around the globe, as well as 11 of the top ASX listed companies. And this is Fast Track. In this episode, how to present powerfully. My guest is Claire Lauber, managing director of Boost Juice. winging it is no longer an option when it comes to presenting at work whether it's in front of the board or pitching to an outside firm we all need to be powerful when we're presenting but it seems everyone's got a tip or an idea or a formula what you should and shouldn't do To find out exactly how to identify, develop and really own this skill of presenting is one of the best presenters I know. Claire, why is it critical and not just important to present powerfully in the modern workplace?
1: I think it's really important, Margie, so that you're seen as a professional. You know, it gives you an opportunity to be in front of an audience uh, and be the best you can be.
0: Doesn't everybody know this now, though? Like we've got, you know, there were years ago where people struggled to present, but doesn't every executive on anyone in the workplace know how to present?
1: Definitely not. I know many people (laughs) that avoid presenting um, and try and pay other people to do it. Uh, Some people just have that fear from childhood that they don't want to present in front of more than, one person um, and people just aren't naturally good at it so they don't lean in and want to do it. So if you are good at it, you are usually solo, you're being listened to and how people interact with you um, and feel what you're trying to say to them and what they walk away with really makes them either respect you and want to listen to you more or it doesn't. And I think if you can't get your message across and you can't connect then how do you do that in your work life? If you can't do it when you're presenting to an audience, how do you do it with a team of people that might be sitting with you at a table? So being able to be confident and present is really important to carry your career forward.
0: And did it just come naturally to you? Were you born as a great presenter?
1: No, um, I would say I've always been a confident person. Uh, but a boss said to me once when I was presenting, you sound like an eight-year-old child. Oh, um, that's, that's direct feedback.
0: <laughs> what, was, what were you doing to sound like an eight-year-old
1: child? I think because I was nervous, my tone was really high, um, short of breath. I was moving around like a, a child that couldn't stop. Um, And I wasn't aware, so it wasn't until someone sort of pointed out all my faults that you start to realise, oh, that is true and how do I adjust and how do I learn? Um, And I watched many people presenting and I found some um, support people that would sort of give me really honest feedback and I started again with smaller crowds of people and, and just built my confidence back up.
0: One of the things that I want to reiterate that you said earlier is, is, is this idea of a poor presentation, actually how feelings have a lasting impression and you can leave people feeling not just bored for themselves but actually confused, all sorts of things that that's not comfortable. So let's get to the nub of it. What's the most important thing to know and
1: remember in terms
0: of presenting powerfully, just that top thing?
1: Knowing your audience got to know who you're talking to, got to know their values, got to know what's important to them. There's nothing worse than presenting on something that people already know and um, and have them disconnect and you're not reading the play. Like if people are disconnecting, do something differently. I think, you know, people's motivation um, and desire for information um, is really important to understand. Um, and the way I do that is to speak to a few of them. So if I'm preparing um, for a larger audience, I might um, phone a few of them and just say, you know, I've sort of straw manned this Do you think I'm on track? Would you add anything? Would you subtract anything? Um, You know, and sort of explain the few points that I'm trying to land or how I'm trying to do it and just get a feel maybe over the phone, um, maybe over a Zoom, but just to try and get an understanding if I'm on the right track. Obviously, if I can do it face-to-face with the support team, I would prefer to do that.
0: So knowing the audience, number one, we've done our homework, we think we get what we're doing. Then what's next? Should we have a formula? Like I, I have to be really open with my view mm-hmm. that we've all got a bit of um, bit sort of tired of the formulaic TED talk or the <laughs> formulaic pr- sort of style of presentation. I think we're living in a different
1: age now. What's what's your view about a formula? My biggest formula is be different. You know, if, <laughs> if, you, if you want your career to move forward, be, you know, and quite often I'm presenting with others. It's not just me and, and my time. So I think, you know, part of your formula needs to be what is your point of difference? Um, because if you don't have one, you're just going to blend. So my structure obviously is to learn and understand the audience. Um, and then I think about what am I trying to achieve? So, you know, am I trying to leave them with a feeling? Am I trying to leave them learning something? Um, am I trying to make them laugh? You know, what what's the purpose of this presentation? And then... It's about content. So, where do I get the content from? Um, And obviously, there is a million ways um, that we can find our content. What context do I want them to hear it and understand? And then, how do you close? You know, I think um, closing is just as important as connecting when you open so that people remember, you know, three key things, for instance. You know, they're never going to remember your whole presentation, but. I always think if you walk away with one, two or three messages, um, it was worthwhile. So, what happens when you make a mistake or the audience is yawning? What What do you do in the midway through a presentation and you put all this effort in? Look, I think one of the best way to engage people is to use them in your presentation. So... It can be through live polling. It can be through pointing someone out in the crowd. You can prep a few of your audience to help you so that when you're asking a question to engage that they're ready to answer and then other people in the room sort of think, oh, you know, how does she know that person or how does that person sort of know the answer and things like that? I think instead of you talking at them, sort of talk with them um, and try and bring them in. I mean, that's obviously a very pragmatic way to do it. Um, Some more fun ways to do that, I do love the use of apps. You know, I think you can really create instead of a screen, an audience and a back wall, you know, apps can really create sort of a lounge room feel where people can be actively um, giving you feedback on the app as you're talking and it could be coming up on your second screen. You can poll on the app. You can earn points on the app and play a bit of a game and find a winner in the room. Um, So, apps are just getting better and better in that space. Your old um, videos, famous quotes, storytelling, and I, I sort of think it's never going to get old or boring because there's just so much content to draw from. But again, cut it down. You know, these people that play 10-minute videos when the message is in 30 seconds of it, it's like grab grab the point or grab the feeling and stick to that piece. You know, you don't need to bookend um, content because, you know, you can cut and dice so easily. Again, you know, you mentioned PowerPoint, but if you are going to use it, I really suggest it's, you know, pictures and, you know, instead of the graphs, you know, do it in some sort of pictorial way that explains what you're trying to speak about and keep all your notes on a note slide that nobody can see except for you. Um, And it also gives you a chance to adjust, you know, if it's not going quite right, you can adjust to a picture really quickly. It's much harder to adjust to content on a screen. So Claire, audiences
0: are really sophisticated now. We know that our attention span is really low compared to even seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's gone from 20 minutes when I was a student to about seven seconds now, the <laughs> same as a goldfish. But anyway, we can talk about that in another episode. So our attention span's smaller. The audiences are more sophisticated in their consumption of Um, presentations. And also there's more content. So you've talked about some new ways of doing things. I heard on the grapevine that you'd actually used a really, really modern technique recently.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So in our last Boost conference um, over in Bali, um, it was a conference, not a holiday, we used a hologram, which was a Boost cup. So it literally um, came out of the wall It's obviously the picture and the fans sort of driving the motion and it was a boost cup that literally got filled up by a person. So really quite incredible and it looked like I had someone on stage next to me making a boost drink and handing it over to the audience It was three grand, so not outrageous. It's really come down in price Um, and we've now actually put it into our Southern Cross store. So, you know, if people walk up to the store, they can actually, it looks like someone's standing out the front ready to hand them a a drink. So, um, and the crowd was just, I mean, you sort of talk about that moment of, you know, trying to catch up to what's happening. People actually just couldn't believe it and you could see that it took them a few seconds to actually work out, that it was a computer rather than something that was real. So really quite incredibly powerful and our digital team put it together intuitively, which is also amazing, you know, what the digital teams can now do. So that was, yeah, a really exciting moment in time and certainly takes the pressure off you having to find content when you've got something as cool as that going on.
0: A real wow moment, I'd imagine. Mm. There is stale content out there though, isn't there? There's Ooh. the
1: over, overuse of the... Let me tell
0: you a story. (laughs) Yes. Um, And let me, I mean, one of my um, recent experiences was every single person at a conference that I was the MC for and a bit of content, every single person hadn't spoken to the other person. There was about five or six of them presenting and they all told a different story, one about rowing, one about athletics, another one about climbing Kilimanjaro, And they were all trying to make a point, but they all began with a story. And by the end of the conference, everyone was so confused whether they were thinking about rowing as the analogy or climbing a mountain or whatever else it might be. So that didn't work. It became quite stale, even though that was meant to be the storytelling magic Mm. and PowerPoint being stale.
1: Mm. So what are your thoughts about this? Be I, smart? I, I couldn't agree more. So if we do a conference, which is like two days in a room overseas, uh, the first thing to do is to work out obviously what your theme is. So, you know, for us it might be boost your future um, and then work out what what is everyone's part to play and how do they bring it to life. So we'll literally um, sit in a room and just brainstorm and, you know, it might be. What's the What's your future customer look like? What does your future franchisee or partner look like? What's the future team member going to look like? How are we going to make a boost drink in the future? You know, could it be a blender that's upside down and spins around and is more theatrical than what we have today? so that the presentation actually works together and that, you know, the message from A to Z makes sense to the, to the audience. And then the tools, I would do exactly the same thing. You can't all use the same tool and you can't all use the best tool, but as long as you're mixing it up, you tend to find that you keep people's attention. So, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, um, I think is really important. But the you mentioned technology, you've got to lean into it. A lot of people that haven't used it are terrified of it, but it's better to give it a go. Um, even if it's just a a small piece and have people wowed by it, than stick away from it because you're worried that, um, it may not work or you might make a mistake. Um, because I think businesses that do that are just boring and therefore, um, you know, we did. We've done it like this for twenty years. It works. Why would you change it? It's a, it's a, it's a huge mistake that we make.
0: What's the best you've ever seen, Claire? Who's the, who's the best?
1: Um, probably one of the best presenters I've seen because he broke all of the rules. Was um, a guy named Martin Smith who ran Dan Murphy's at Woolworths and. You know, Woolworths is quite a structured business and, you know, you can imagine a lot of money goes sort of into the presentation and the screens and things like that. He stood up on stage in front of, there would have been 8,000 of us um, in this um, auditorium and turned the PowerPoint off so literally said to them, I want the lights down, I want the PowerPoint off, and he spoke to us in the dark. So anybody that can capture your attention and get a message across with no tools bar, a voice. I just thought was amazing and he was incredible. He was just incredible. He was so prepared for that. And obviously you're listening, there's no distractions when it's dark. All you could hear was the voice. And He was very, very clear and very simple, but just really engaging. And it was a story. It was a story about Dan Murphy's and their history, but just done in a in a, a really, really clever way. And again, it was all about him. He was he was just naturally really good at it. So he had the confidence to turn the lights off, turn the screens off. And I think when you've had lights and screens and people moving left to right on a stage and you've got so much stimulation going on and you're sitting there all day. Um, oh, he also got us to stand up because obviously you weren't blocking anybody or a screen. So yeah, lights off, stand up and a a really genuine... Um, story tell about him and his journey and how he connected with the brand was just really different and it, it's just something that was really memorable. So when mean, it goes against I, everything I just said.
0: Well, <laughs> well it, but no, it doesn't because in my mind, you said be different. Yes. Number one rule, be different. Yeah. And you can use all the technology, you can use the holograms, you can mm-hmm. use different things when they're needed but actually also you can come back to basics, but it's being different that's mm. important. Mm. So how do you get yourself ready, Claire, before you do these presentations at work or anywhere else? You know, people are often talk about they stay up all night, they're sleepless, they <laughs> stress, they've
1: had a lot of coffee. What, what's, the, what's the jam for getting ready? I think the first thing is believing in yourself. You know, I mean, sleepless nights and, you know, practicing till two in the morning probably isn't overly effective and we've all learnt that. So, make sure you've got enough time to get ready. You know, if I'm doing a international presentation, it's locked, loaded, done a week out um, so that all I've got to worry about in that last week is um, you know my body language um, the tone and obviously just bringing the content to life in my mind the way that I want it to be heard and really the night before for me is about having an early night um, and you know getting up moving in some way like you know get rolling out of bed and you know standing on stage is probably not a clever way to be the best you can be so you know the pretty basic things like, you know, have a really, really good breakfast, go for a walk, um, you know, make sure that you surround yourself with people that are going to say good luck today and, and, you know, really um, inspire you and raise you up as you go and um, know your stuff, you know, know your stuff. You know, you are expected to be a subject matter expert and anything less is unacceptable.
0: So last tools and tips for becoming better and also to take on opportunities and not avoid them. What what would you say to people?
1: Make sure that you write your own content. Um, You know, people that have fully delegated and these beautiful, um, you know, slides or whatever it is you're using um, arrive in front of you. You can always tell when it's not someone's content because they're trying to follow it. Um, And I think that that can be, you know, disengage an audience immediately because you've lost your credibility practice. So, you know, there's nothing better than a mirror or a really honest partner to tell you whether you're on track, off track, boring, interesting, walking around too much. But yeah, that that mirror um, is a really, really good tool to say, you know, do you feel comfortable? Do you do you look good? Your body language is obviously 70% of the way people hear the message. It's so, so important that you get that piece right as well. And And you're the star, not the slides or not um, you know, not not whatever other tool you're using. You know, um, if you're not the star, we don't need you on stage. Or you know, use use something else. So, you know, get up, get out of bed, be ready to be the star. Practice and say yes. So, if people give you the opportunity to get on stage and, you know, your voice be heard, take the opportunity and, you know, spend the time to get it right because it's not that often in life that you get those moments in time. Um, And I've also found I'm the go-to person now for the Um, you know, the the wedding speech or, you know, the 40th speech or whatever, because they know I'm confident to do it and I've had lots of practice. But that gives me those really personal moments that you don't get if you're not good at it. No one asks you to do it. So I've been able to translate, you know, what I do at work into my personal life. Um, And probably the last thing I'd say is, you know, don't live in fear. If, If you can't learn from others or you don't feel confident, then get a coach because not being able to do it is just not an excuse anymore.
0: Oh, it's really great. Reminds me of a time when I actually was f- presenting and I had my kids over the dinner table and I'd stand at the end of the dinner table and present to them. <laughs> and they still remember to this day the the, the talks that I've given. <laughs> so it's, um, it's I can the, imagine. B- the poor things. But don't use your children, that's what I say. All right, so winging it is no longer an option when it comes to presenting at work. Whether it's in front of the board or pitching to an outside firm, Your quest is to be different, practice and own it. And remember, make good choices. Thanks so much, Claire.
1: Fast Track is produced in the studios of Podcast One Australia. The producer is Brooke Carrigan. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. For more episodes, head to podcastoneaustralia.com.au. Download the app or search Fast Track Career Conversations Podcast.